Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. The Daily Hammer is part of the great lineup of podcasts here on the Talking Chop Podcast Network. The Talking Chop Podcast, the Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the Daily Hammer Plus, you can find Battery Power, the Talking Chops YouTube show, Battery Power, with Grant McCauley and with Grant McCauley and Corey McCartney, um, the Mac Twins, as we do call them from time to time. Uh, you can find them on Battery Power um, on, on via YouTube. All of this great lineup can be found at TalkingChop.com and at TalkingChop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And again, the thing is, is that right now it's not necessarily focused on the Braves. It's focused on Major League Baseball in general. Let's go back a week in which there was a lot of buildup to last Saturday when Rob Manfred, the owners, Major League Baseball, they were very confident, it seems, that the offer that they were going to make was in good faith. They were confident that it was going to be a legitimate offer that could hopefully finally get some progress going in the right direction. And all that it wound up being was just another form of posturing. Sure, there was things in there about, you know, that there was back and forth between, you know, the owners and the Players Association. Legitimate things were talked about in the offer, but there was no movement. There was no form of compromise. There was no form of, you know, legitimate effort to make progress. It was just simply once again posturing. And so the Players Association, it was immediately reported on Saturday that they came away unimpressed. And so we once again came to Thursday. It seems that Thursday is the active day over the past three or so weeks. That's the day when negotiations typically get going again. What led into Friday, in which there was hope that there would be a progress, you know, a meeting that could allow for some type of progression on Friday. But of course, it in and of itself was only 15 minutes between MLB and the MLB Players Association. The two lead negotiator, the lead negotiator for both sides, both of those individuals, they did meet for an additional 20 minutes. But once again, it does seem as if both sides are far apart. For instance, uh, Jeff Passan in his great reporting, as he always does, when it comes to the MLB lockout, he had some additional details in regards to just how far apart both the players and the owners were. The players did originally, originally what was offered was that the players wanted for all players that had two plus years of service time to be able to have arbitration. That is a way for the players to have given their, to give the players in general, to give young players more power to get paid significant dollars for their talents earlier in their career than the current system allows. The Players Association originally asked for all players with two plus years of service time, to be eligible for arbitration. This time around, though, they asked for only 80%. Also, when it came to the players who were before arbitration, so players that were within their first two years of service time, the Players Association is now asking for a $115 million pool to pay all players that are within the first two years of service time. The Players Association basically is wanting to offer a structured way to get players paid more earlier in their careers in terms of the six or so years right now that they're under control under the current 
system when it comes to salary in Major League Baseball. So there's not a ton of movement off of the control of players remaining as it has been. There is an effort to make sure that those players earlier in their career, when some players, for instance, are playing the best baseball that they'll play in their career, they're compensated more fairly in the players' eyes than they currently are. The basic goal for the Players Association is to allow for players to get paid significant dollars earlier, and of course, the MLB owners are not too thrilled with that idea. Again, the Players Association, in their latest offer from Thursday, they wanted $115 million to be able to use to play players within their first two years of service in Major League Baseball. The owners offered $100 million less. They offered $15 million. The owners want to operate from a $15 million player pool for the players. The players want to offer, operate from a $115 million player pool. And that right there, in one instance, is just a glimpse as to how far apart both sides truly are when it comes to discussing a potential agreement that could lead to negotiations progressing. It does also certainly seem as if the owners, with how much the players want to change the current salary structure for players earlier in their career, that seems to be a non-starter for the owners. And so that really seems to be the area where there is a need for some type of movement, for some type of compromise, for both sides to meet in the middle when it comes to what is going to make sense for players to be compensated more fairly in the eyes of the Players Association earlier in their careers. Personally, I get it. You know, I, I think that it's wonderful. I am a huge advocate for getting as much value as possible when it costs as least as possible. I think that that cost-to-value setup when it comes to Major League Baseball and all sports is wonderful. But I also completely understand that it is a flaw in the system. I completely get and I completely feel it's logical that the players want the Players Association wants for the players to be compensated earlier in their career because, again, for a lot of players in Major League Baseball, that's when they're going to be trending upward. That's when they're going to be offering the most service, the, the, the most service to their teams because that's when they're going to be offering the most value. So they should be fairly compensated. I completely understand where the players are coming from, and it looks like it's going to have to take movement from both sides. That seems to me to be the one area where if we can start to get some compromise from both sides, the owners being, being able to open up the pockets a bit more for players earlier in their career, and perhaps the Players Association being a bit more lenient on just how much they're requesting, if there can be some common ground, if there can if some common ground can be found in that area of the negotiations, that may be a starting point that could lead to some progression. But unfortunately, we now have officially seen the lockout impact the start of the 2022 season as well as it was announced by Major League Baseball that spring training would be moved back till March 5th at the earliest simply because obviously there's no timetable still when it comes to negotiations and the MLB lockout ending. And of course, once the Major League Baseball Players Association made a concerted effort to put that statement out, the Major League Baseball Players Association made a, concert, made a concerted effort to give a response that once again, through blame on the owners. In my opinion, if there is more effort being given to both sides putting together the perfect statement that they can in a response or to officially announce something, if more effort is being put 
towards those public statements being as perfect as they can be, then the effort that's being given to negotiations actually finding compromise, we're not going to get anywhere anytime soon. I'm sure that at some point in time, we're going to see progress. And in my opinion, when we see that progress, things are going to come together quickly. But basically, both sides are just simply posturing, and you're really not going to see action start to happen, I think, until it becomes the actual regular season that's threatened when it comes to it potentially being postponed. Another week... All it is is posturing. Once again, we're simply waiting for one side to get serious. Then hopefully the other will follow and will fall in line and do the same. And from there we'll have progression. But until then, it's the same old, same old when it comes to Major League Baseball. And for us fans, it's just another indication that the baseball that the 2022 baseball season, and especially for Braves fans who want their 2021 World Series title to be defended, it's just another example that that may be further off in the future than we might like. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Even though the lockout is currently preventing baseball from occurring, obviously the Braves, if the lockout, if this was a normal offseason, the pitchers and catchers would have report, reported this uh, week. The position players would already be in here. The Braves actually today would have been a week away from when their spring training season would to have started on February 26th against the Red Sox. But unfortunately, obviously, we don't get to enjoy that because the lockout is currently going on. But thankfully, over the past 10, week, 10 days to two weeks, we thankfully have had at least had something to talk about when it comes to many outlets, as they usually do this time of year, releasing their top 100 prospects, releasing their organizational rankings, the Zips projections, and now we're starting to see the predictions when it comes to different outlets based off their projection systems. Where do the Braves currently stand? And one of the most notorious sources of projections over the past few years when it comes to the Braves is baseball prospectuses Pacota system, which year after year, at least for the past few years, has really underrated the potential for the Braves when it comes to preseason predictions. Now, I'll say last year, the Braves were projected to win 82 games, and they were projected to finish in fourth place. What I will say is, is that though that obviously wound up being highly inaccurate, because of course the Braves wound up winning the 2021 World Series, it was pretty accurate, at least for the first four months of the season. Now, I think baseball prospectuses, you know, Pakota system, if it's this much off, 
in terms of where it projects a team to be versus where it actually ends up, there may be some tweaks that need to happen. But it does go to show, and again, I don't think it's the best projection systems out there. I just simply do think that the Pocota projections last year, at least for the first four months of the season, it suggested that the Braves would potentially be a 500 baseball team through for the 2021 season. For four months, it certainly was. Now, obviously, there were big losses, and there were plenty of things that could not have been projected or from a projection system. However, in whatever way and shape you want to you know, form it, the Pocota system at least was accurate for four months. But at the end of the day, you would think that baseball prospectus would tweak some things to make it to make its system realize that if a team consistently is outperforming its metrics something has to change in terms of how it's looking at that particular team well the Dakota the, the baseball prospectus team came out once again and they put their projections out they have projected the Braves to once again finish with 82 wins they right now have the Mets at 90 the Philadelphia Phillies at 86 and and the Braves at 82. Now, despite any type of credit, and again, I want it to be understood, I'm not sitting here promoting baseball prospectus's Bacota system as being a great projection system. It's obviously not, especially when it keeps underrating the Braves. But this year in particular, it certainly does seem that there is a, a bit of flaws in its philosophy. For one, Baseball Prospectus came out and admitted that this was based off right now. When we all know there are still plenty of significant talents that are out there in free agency that certainly could impact the outcome for teams. And one of those teams certainly is the Braves. This system where it's projecting the Braves to finish with 82 wins and finish third place in the division, it's projecting that without Freddie Freeman. Well, I'm here to tell you with full confidence even if the Braves do not sign Freddie Freeman, which I obviously think there is still a better than 75 chance that they do, even if the Braves don't sign Freddie Freeman, you damn better well bet that the Braves are going to do something to add talents that are going to add multiple wins, three, four, five wins to their projection systems in some way, shape, or form before the 2022 regular season starts. But even more so, that's eye-opening to me, is the fact that the Phillies, who have not really done anything at all in terms of adding to what they've got as far as talent goes, and they're not expecting any type of infusion from one of the f bottom five minor league systems in the game, it's surprising to me that the Pocota system still has the Phillies at 86 wins when the Braves are projected at 82. And you also do have the Braves welcoming back Ronald Acuna Jr., that's what amazes me about the projections being as they are. So again, take these projections with a grain of salt. But I do think that it's kind of, you know, eye-opening that baseball perspectives could, prospectus consistently promotes a projection system that continues to underrate the team that has ascended more than any other team over the past four years in terms of being a perennial contender. You would think that after four years of underrating the Braves and the Braves now being at the top of the baseball mountain, if your system continues to be as wrong as it is over the long term, then the Pocota system has been about the Braves. Something should be tweaked. Now, I'm getting worked up all over a baseball projection system. That should show you how much I'm ready for baseball. I ask that you not do the same in terms of getting worked up. 
But I certainly do want to shine the spotlight on the fact that no matter what is out there, what news is out there, what negative news is out there about the Braves potentially losing Freddie Freeman or the Braves if they lose Freddie Freeman, it could potentially completely change their overall progression in terms of what their chances are for repeating. The Braves just won the World Series without Mike Soroka and Ronald Acuna Jr., this Braves team is going to be fine no matter what. Obviously, the best in, the best outcome will be for it to include Freddie Freeman at first base. But even if it does not, I find it hard to believe there is a general manager out there who has a bigger benefit of a doubt than Alex Anthopoulos when it comes to on the fly finding ways to improve his team. If you want the best example of how he did that, Go back to July, in which I said four months through last year, the Pakoda system stated that the Braves were going to win 82 games last year. Through July, it was accurate. And then Alex Anthopoulos goes out, makes four or five moves, completely changes the trajectory of this team, and they win a World Series. If Alex Anthopoulos can do it then on the fly... Imagine what he has the capability of doing, whether or not he re-signs Freeman with three months of preparation leading into the 2022 season. So again, let there be doubt. Let there be projection systems that underrate the Braves. Let there be national news out there that shines a negative light on the Braves being able to do what they do need to do to be in the best position possible to defend their 2021 World Series title. Through four months last season, nobody believed we had a shot. Heck, through six months last season, through the NL Division Series, nobody thought we had a shot, even in the World Series. Game one, very few thought we had a shot. And what wound up happening? And now we're going to get Ronald Acuna Jr. back, plus potentially getting our players healthy as well? That's your proof right there that no matter what a projection system says, going along with us winning the World Series, but also the fact that Alex Anthopoulos knows this team. I, again, not only find it hard to believe there is a general manager out there who has a bigger benefit of the doubt than Alex Anthopoulos currently does, but I'll even go as far to say I doubt there's a general manager out there who knows his team inside and out better than Alex Anthopoulos does. He proved it in 2019, he proved it in 2020 when he didn't make moves, and he ultimately did the best job in recent Major League Baseball history that anybody has done in proving that he knew his team inside and out at the 2021 trade deadline. So whatever projections you may have out there for the Braves, if you're doing it before, you're even going to see what Alex Anthopoulos is going to do during the offseason. It's flawed, and especially if you keep doubting the Braves. Yet they've won the title the previous year before. It's pretty amazing that you're still putting out results that obviously are not accurate and have been proven wrong time and time again. Forgive me, my soapbox is back under my desk, but as always, it is a pleasure to be with you here on the Daily Hammer. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast 
all at TalkingChop.com and at TalkingChop across all forms of social media. Don't forget that you can also find Battery Power, the great YouTube show with Grant McCauley as well as Corey McCartney on the Talking Chop YouTube channel, the great written content from all the wonderful staff members at TalkingChop.com. Hit that subscribe button below on YouTube and also where you get your favorite podcasts, hopefully Talking Chop. Road to Atlanta, The Daily Hammer, and all the great content from the Talking Chop Podcast Network is near the top of your list. Until next time, my name's Sean Coleman. Be looking out for some great content this week from all of the podcasts over at the Talking Chop Podcast Network. Until then, have a great weekend. Go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. <laughs> 